This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressure to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, welcome to Guitar Talk, everybody. This is Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in to Guitar Talk this Sunday. We've got two back-to-back episodes today. We've got two great guitar players that I'm going to introduce you to here in just a minute. But before we get into it, I wanted to announce that starting March 17th, which is next Wednesday, uh, by the way, Kurt Fletcher is joining us that day. Uh, On that day, we're going back to just Wednesday shows here for Guitar Talk for Jimmy Warren. I hate to bounce around. I'm really sorry. But we've decided to launch Guitar Talk TV, which is now at guitartalkofficial.com. And, uh, well, we want to make sure that the content that we're bringing is of the best quality that we possibly can. You know, we want that quality to continue to get better and better and better, of course. And the content means absolutely everything to us. And so we felt like... Uh, doing too many podcasts just took away from the ability to create that other content as well, which takes a little bit more time to put together than, uh, than this, you know, than just doing the audio aspect of it. So, uh, so what happens is, is on Wednesday, you'll be able to hear the interview and uh, a few days later, a couple days later, it'll pop up on Guitar Talk TV where you can actually watch it. Now, we pulled our Guitar Talk TV from, or Guitar Talk, I should say, uh, site from YouTube because we just didn't feel like it was fair for you to go there to watch a video and have to watch four or five commercials uh, in the process, you know, to try to sell you something that you probably don't want or don't care about. And uh, so we figured it'd be much easier if we just control it and we can offer you great content easily you know it's much easier for us so um we hope that that's okay right now what you can do is you can literally forget about everything else and just remember guitartalkofficial.com that's it that's all you got to do you can go there and you can get absolutely everything you know you can listen to the podcast there's links to the podcast on the top seven, I think, um, streaming, um, you know, services, uh, you can watch the video content. You can watch the other video series. You can read CD reviews. You can look at gear and products. Uh, you can check out who our spotlighted guitarist is for the month and learn about them. Um, and you can even go to our uh, our shop, our store, and get some, you know, Guitar Talk t-shirts and Gear Life t-shirts and that. And actually, coming to guitartalkofficial.com pretty soon, we'll actually have gear that's going to be for sale. That's right. We're partnering with a variety of instrument makers, guitar makers, you know, amp builders, and so forth. And we will be uh, offering their, uh, you know, their gear right here on Guitar Talk. So it's going to be cool. You'll be able to come here and get all that, get everything that you need right there in one spot. And the other thing that is about to be added to Guitar Talk is a complete directory. That's right, a directory, you know, to all things guitar. In other words, you can go to the, you'll be able to go to the directory and probably see, you know, just a ton of guitar companies. And all you had to do is click on the logo and it takes you directly to their site. That's going to go across the board for all types of guitar equipment. Eventually, there might even be a music store um, section on there. And we're hoping that down the road we'll be, add, 
be able to add the same kind of directory for guitarists. So we'll be able to put the links to different guitar players' websites and stuff on there as well so that they can get some attention uh, as well. So really what we're trying to do is build this one-stop shop for players to be able to come and do a lot of really cool stuff. So I appreciate you letting me take the time to share all that with you. And do me a favor, make sure you go to guitartalkofficial.com, you know, bookmark the page. That way you can go back real easy. Now, in this segment, my uh, guest is Steve Purcell. Now, Steve Purcell is a Nashville guitarist. Uh, this guy comes from a long line of very talented musicians and he has himself shared the stages with uh, people like Paul Stanley of Kiss, Jack Blades of Night Ranger, Don Dockin, Stephen Piercy of Rat, Kip Winger, Mark Slaughter, uh, Dave uh, Ellefson from Megadeth, and many, many others. Uh, he was in Ron Keel's band, uh, has been on and off a couple of times. He's got a new album out uh, called Amplitudes that you definitely want to check out. All you got to do is go to stevepurcellmusic.com and you can check all of that out. You're going to enjoy this. Uh, it's always good, you know, to, to hear, you know, some of the uh, more regional players, man, that uh, are, are talented and uh, they need us to put a little spotlight on them from time to time. So you're really going to enjoy this. So here we go. This is my interview right now with Steve Purcell right here on Guitar Talk. Me, Jimmy Warren. Let's talk about you, man. You know, uh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm never starstruck, right? I've been around a lot of people just like you have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was thinking about one of, one of my most memorable experiences with somebody was I got to have coffee one time with both Brian Wilson and Paul Stanley. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> a, good, a good friend of mine in Los Angeles orchestrated it, which was really cool. And the only reason I bring that up is because I don't get starstruck. And when I say that, I, I look at those guys as like, you know, music royalty almost, you know, yeah. real sure. royalty. So the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is because it had to be something else, man, to be able to play Love Doctor in, you know, Detroit Rock City with Paul Stanley. I mean, yeah. you did that, man. It, it had to be a cool thing. Oh, man, it was awesome. It was awesome, you know. I mean, they're, they're a big part you know, of me wanting to get in the business. Yeah. You know, like a lot of kids growing up. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty amazing. I yeah. must say. So when, so when you were growing up and you were, let's say, just becoming interested in, in the guitar, did you get into playing guitar because somebody that you knew influenced you or was it because of music or was it because of, the guitar itself just kind of drew you in. You know how some people are just fascinated with things, you know, and uh, yeah. which one actually, of those was it? Um, actually, it was my dad. Ah, um, he cool. played. Yeah. So, you know, there was always a guitar around the house and he was always playing, you know, here and there. And there was a guitar always in the corner. And one day I walked over and picked it up, walked over to my dad and said, hey, will you show me something on this? Yeah. And that's the way it started, man. And yeah, it's, uh, that's so, it. So your dad was a player. Yep. Was there music in the house? I mean, was there? Oh, yeah. Was lots of yeah. music. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, the the music lineage, I guess, in my family goes way back. Um, I don't know if you may remember uh, or have heard of uh, Red Foley by chance. Um, you know, uh, an old. Uh, a country star from way back, yeah. you know, in like the, you know, thirties and forties and stuff. And, uh, uh, my granddad was a banjo player and, uh, him and, uh, uh, Red Foley went to Chicago to play a radio station together back in the day. And, uh, Red Foley stayed 
and became a star. And my granddad ended up coming back home <laughs> and the rest is history as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, there was, you know, everybody almost played in my family. My uncles played uh, piano, stand up bass, guitar. Um, yeah, there was always lots of music. And uh, there was always a guitar in the house. Yeah. As a result of that, though, did you go on to learn how to play multiple instruments? You know, I mean, do you play piano or drums or any of that other stuff? Or No, actually. I always wished I would lear have learned to play piano. Yeah. And uh, I never did. Um, I did pick up some mandolin uh, along the way. And uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, so I, I do play some mandolin. but. Uh, but that's it really, you know? Uh, yeah. I would think being surrounded by, you know, so much music that, you know, it might be one of those things where you pick up a little bit here and there. I could never play anything else. I can't, I can't coordinate, you know, two feet and two hands on the drums. And yeah, you know I mean? it's like the piano, the piano is just, I don't, I don't understand it. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That's crazy. So yeah. So what kind of, you know, I, I'm guessing that country music was a big influence to you, but at, at some point in time, I'm guessing by your, what I would guess would be your age that you were influenced by a, a lot of the classic rock bands like Zeppelin and Stones and things of that nature. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I'm a total product of all those bands. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up back in the day, um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and even, you know, some of the band, the bands that my dad would listen to like Fleetwood Mac, Steely Dan, yeah. uh, you know, the outlaws, my dad was a big outlaws fan. And, uh, so I picked that up, you know, and, I, I'm a big fan, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. So I picked up that, that kind of side of it from him. You know, and but yeah, I totally grew up in that that classic rock era. Yeah. And uh, I love all those bands. Yeah. Who was the one player out of all of them, though, that, you know, just, you know, you felt like this is the guy that I'm going to be or I want to be. I want to be like this guy. Oh, was my goodness. I like that. Well, um, I guess if there was a guy that I really looked up to. And thought was probably, you know, thought of as the best guitar player would probably be Chet Atkins. Yeah. Back in the day. And, uh, you know, I, I just always knew it didn't matter to me what style of music it was. Nobody was as good as Chet Atkins to me. Yeah, he was a serious player. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Serious. Yeah, yeah. That's a good word for it. I mean, that was just that was just as good and serious as you got yeah. to me growing up but um you know uh, as far as rock players and stuff like that oh my goodness um there's so many you know um yeah. uh geez you know like i say I, I was a big jimmy page fan you know i thought jimmy page was was the man back in the day man you know he was to me and uh growing up um uh, that was one of my first big guitar heroes um, but, uh, you know, and then I kind of got into Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen and, you know, some of those guys that started coming out and, uh, but, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That, that whole country world is fascinating to me. It's, it's, a it's a, I don't want to call it a culture, but there's, it's a culture that I don't understand because I'm not a, I'm not a player in it. I don't understand the music. You know, I don't understand how they do some of the things they do and that, but uh, I love the music. Oh and yeah. I love the talent that they're, because I think the talent is really, it's really pure and genuine. So you, you know, you had guys like, uh, Oh, uh, Mel Tillis, for instance, man, he yeah. was Jer Jerry Reed, you oh, know, yeah. Roy Clark, all those guys, man, were just yep. amazing players. Yeah. Players, man. Yeah, that's great. So you had all those influences. So that helped you formulate, you know, who you are today. Did you take any schooling? Did you? you know, I did. Or go to Berkeley or anything crazy? I went to a Musicians Institute for a year. Ah, cool. Yeah. And I was there from uh, 88 to 89. Yeah. 
And uh, that was a really great experience for me. Um, mainly it's, uh, if nothing else, just, just the fact that you got to practice and play all the time. Right. You know, I mean, it was, I mean, when you do that, it's, it's pretty much impossible not to become better. Yeah. You know, you're going to get better. Right. Right. Unless you're, you know, unless you're just not playing and, and unless stuff. You're play, unless you're playing the same thing over and over and over. Right. You know, right. I, I got this down. So just let me do this, you know? Right. Yeah. I got the solo to stairway to heaven. So I'm just going to stay. Yeah. Right. I'm good to go here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. You know, I know those experiences are, are really amazing because they, they do help provide that opportunity, man, to just engulf yourself yeah. into music and the guitar and you're surrounded by it. And that's all it is. And that when I listen to guys, you know, like yourself and others talk about those experiences, I think, man, you know, I was in the Navy. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right on. You know, I wish I would have engulfed myself like that. But yeah. So what were some things that you did in those days that you would say have made you the player you are now? Oh man. Um, that's a good question. Um, I get a good one in every now and then. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, just digging your heels in and sticking to it. And, uh, you know, learning lots of new things and, and lots of little tips and tricks, you know, uh, you pick up from other players and other people in the industry. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, just hanging with it and, and, you know, keeps you kind of changing along, I think, you know, cause you're learning and, uh, you're just learning all kinds of new different things. And, uh, so you, you keep trying to apply these things what you're learning to what you're doing and uh you know and it kind of kind of molds you i guess it kind of forms you more, you know yeah. kind of how you do things yeah yeah i i think that you know being persistent in uh you know focused on on whatever that goal is for for you know you as a player and that is is one of the main you know foundational aspects is if you don't have the work ethic i mean you know, you're going to be in a local band somewhere, you know, playing stick songs, which is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is cool. Right. It's not the same. You know? Right. There's yeah. No so what about now? I mean, uh, would you say that over those years that you've, you know, I'm sure you've gotten better as a player, but would you say you've evolved as a player as well? I mean, you know, like maybe moving into different styles and, different sounds and, you know, experimenting and stuff. Cause some guys, you know, will get in and they'll play and they'll always be that player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, playing the same thing, the, the, the same style of music, the same way and stuff like that. But then there's a lot of other guys that experiment with a lot of different things, you know, yeah. would you say that that's you and you're still learning now, or are you just trying to keep polished you know, where you are right now, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've never been one of those guys. That, uh, I mean, I mean, I experiment, but as far as like trying to get like, you know, weird sounds or something like that, that's not been much me really. You know, I've really been more the core player, you know, um, you know, kick on some dirt, kick on a little delay, you know, uh, maybe some chorus every once in a while or something. But, you know, as far as like experimenting, like getting weird sounds and, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, really getting out there in the, in, in, in space, so to speak, right. you know, I've never been much of that guy. I've been more the, the core player guy that just wants to kind of play, you know? And uh, so, I mean, I mean, do you, do you find yourself, um, uh, like, you know, like I, I know from, from what I've heard from you, what I've seen from you, you know, when it comes to playing rock or country or blues, you know, you, you, you've got that stuff nailed, you know what I mean? You, you can play, uh, Thank you. but when it comes to other stuff, like I know it's, it's like maybe jazz 
or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Some other classical or because yeah. guys that'll fiddle with other stuff. Some guys I meet that are in heavy metal bands or in two or three other bands, and, you know, and one of them is, you know, like a flamingo, you know, doing flamingo music, which you would never think in that. So right on. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, do you do that kind of stuff too, or you stay in your lane? Um, I mostly kind of stay in my lane. Yeah. But I am a little bit of a frustrated jazzer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I do like some jazz. And, uh, uh, you know, that's probably my weakest style of playing. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, there, if, if, if I was going to say, you know, something like that, that, you know, uh, it's jazz, it frustrates me the most. And, uh, but, uh, but I really like it. And, um, but I don't go in that lane a whole lot. Right. You know, and uh, I kind of stay in my rock country blues lane for the most part. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, 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 a person that's really into jazz, I mean, they know it. You know what I mean? If you don't know what you're doing, they know it, you know? It, yeah. It seems like oh, it's yeah. a little bit different. Like with blues, you can get away with, there's a little leniency, you know, right. it's the blues, but, uh, but a yeah. lot of musics, you know, are pretty, pretty rigid in that. So you've been playing a, a long time now. Uh, you know, why don't you, you know, some of the people that tune in, you know, want to check it out and that, why don't you tell us about some of the experiences that you've had. Now you play with uh, Ron Keel. Oh got, yeah. You got the t-shirt on. Yeah. I was a Keel fan from way back. Right you, you were part of something called the Badlands House Band. Now I'm guessing, is that the venue from Sturgis? It is right outside of Sturgis, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um band for, for that venue. Yeah. Um they uh they hired a house band for that, and Ron put that band together. Yeah. And um he basically um to quote him, basically, he kind of put together his dream band and he handpicked the players. And I was very honored to be a part of that, you know, and to be one of the guys that he picked. And um, but uh, but yeah, you handpicked the guys. They came from all over Ohio, uh, everywhere, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you know, everywhere. And uh, he put that together. We, uh, we were the house band for Badlands. And uh, we also toured on our own and uh, done shows on our own as well. And uh, we've done a lot of shows with a real popular band uh, out in the Midwest called Hairball. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of them or not, maybe. I live outside of Chicago. I know who Hairball is. Okay, yeah. We've done a ton of shows with Hairball. We've done a lot of stuff with them. And, um, when we were kind of getting started and, um, uh, they had uh, major acts that would come in and play, um, Badlands and we would basically open the show, either open the show or be in the show, yeah. be a part of it. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, we had what we called like the, um, the, uh, Badlands house band invitational and, uh, that's when we had a bunch of guests play. We did a big show there and had a guest like Kip Winger, uh, Mark Slaughter. Um, oh man, I can't remember everybody that Don Dockin, um, Stephen Piercy from rat. Um, they all came in and, uh, they would come up and do like three or four of their hits with us and we would back them up. Yeah. And, uh, so we were kind of the backing band for the stars, so to speak. And uh, as well as Ron Keel, and uh, who's a rock star in himself. And uh, yeah, it was just a tremendous time and a tremendous experience. And uh, we got to do shows with uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss, as you, we talked about earlier. And, uh, you know, which was a, a major highlight for me in my life, you know, being such a Kiss fan yeah. and growing up. And uh, yeah, that was quite amazing. And uh, so, yeah, it was a great experience, and I wouldn't take anything for it. Yeah, I could imagine. 
I can imagine. I've, I've actually been to Badlands a few times. Oh, wow. Okay. Years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In that, but uh, the band sounds amazing. You know, it really did. It sound sounds amazing, man. Right on, yeah. Man. So, so your own stuff, though. Now, you know, how many albums have you done on your own? This is my first one this past year. That's what I thought. That's what yeah. I thought in that. Uh, so, uh, so what's the experience like going from playing, you know, with Ron in, in his band and that, you know, trying to go out on your own and, you know. Oh, man. Learning curve. <laughs> Big major learning curve. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Trying to do everything yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you know, all the, all the answers, uh, all the, um, all the answers to the questions end with you, yeah. you know, I mean, you're, you're the producer, the engineer, the booking agent, uh, you put the band together, you make all the decisions, you decide on what songs to play, who's going to play on what, you know, uh, yeah. everything. And it's just, uh, it can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. yeah. But it's probably, it's probably been a really cool experience. Oh, at the same time. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. great learning experience for sure. And, um, oh yeah, I'm still learning. I'm constantly picking up stuff and, uh, you know, I'm in the studio now recording my second record oh, wow. and, um, it's going to be called, uh, take cover and it's, uh, it's all cover songs and it's, uh, basically going to be an EP. Yeah. And um, I'll have five songs on there and um, I'm doing like, uh, um, I'm doing an Eric Clapton song. I'm doing a, um, uh, a riot song, a song by the band riot. If you remember them. I do. Yeah. And um, I got some great special guests on this record. Um, Steve Travato. If I um, think you probably know who he is. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. He's playing on this record and uh, he just sent me some tracks. As a matter of fact, they sound awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. I bet. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing, uh, uh, you know, like I say, it's, it's all cover songs. It's, uh, you know, like Eric Clapton, the, uh, the band. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, I yeah. guess. That's cool. You know, I, I think it's good. You know, my, my last EP was all covers. I, I put one original on it, but it was all okay. covers. And I, I personally, you know what, I I don't know about you. Do you have a hard time writing songs? Are you, or, or does it come to you naturally? Actually, I don't have too hard of a time. I, I, yeah, I, I, I struggle, man. I mean, I can't okay. I can come up with the ideas for music. Yeah. Lyrics, man, I'm... Yeah, lyrics comes uh, probably the hardest thing for me is lyrics. Yeah. You know, I really have to sit down, really focus in and just shut everything out, you know, and focus in on what I'm writing about and what I'm trying to say and how I'd like to say it. Right. You know, right. and uh, that's probably the hardest thing for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not worth a shit at it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. So somebody told me one day, they go, well, Vanilla Fudge never wrote a song. And I go, well, you got a point. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. You know, because my first, my first eight, my first eight albums, they were pretty much all original in that. Okay. But I never thought they were really, I mean, they're, they're okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. We could treat, I mean, uh, we uh, review our own stuff, you know, it's like, yeah. it's okay. Oh yeah. We're, so tell, we're us hard about, tell us about the album. The, the last one you just put out the first one. Okay. Yeah. Amplitudes. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Yeah. There it uh, is. Yep. There it is right there. Like a ramp. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, um, this is a 10 song record and um, it's got originals and some covers on it. Yeah. And uh, it's got instrumentals and some vocal songs on there mixed in as well. Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit of everything. And uh, it's a little bit of all the styles. I kind of wanted to show 
some of my versatility on my first being my first record and all. Yeah. And uh, so it's got a little bit of everything on it. It's got rock, um, you know, country, uh, blues, uh, Americana. Yeah. Even. Uh, it's got uh, acoustic ballads on it. And uh, I sent you out a whole package, but I checked your tracking number the other day. I don't think you've gotten it yet. Yeah, no, I've got it. Yeah, but you got a package coming. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, it was, uh, it was produced by me and, uh, Lynn Cooper, who, uh, a good friend of mine here has a studio here, uh, Cooger Studio Services. And, um, he's a great producer. He's got a great ear. He's a really good musician himself. And, uh, he helped me produce this thing. And, uh, Man, it took us about a year to knock this thing out. And, uh, but man, I couldn't be more proud of it. I think it came out great. I've got great special guests on this record too. Um, Ron Keel sings a song. He's a special guest. Um, I've got Randy Coors uh, on here. He plays, uh, he's a big dobro player here in Nashville. Um, producer. Um he won a Grammy a few years ago uh, for producing a bluegrass record out of his studio. Yeah. And uh, he plays on here. Tim Crouch uh, plays some fiddle. And, uh, oh, man, there's just all kinds of people on here, um, special guests, you know, that I've got on here that are great players and uh, just super talents in their own right. And uh, I was just very happy and, you know, tickled to death to, to be able to do it. Well, the the CD actually sounds amazing. Thank you. Uh, the diversity of music I thought was really cool. But then again, I really appreciate that. You know, I I, right do. I like to, yeah. you know, it's like I know artists that are named artists that release music under their name, and then they release other music that nobody knows it's them. They don't release it under their own name because they go, well, it's not, you know, it's not in my lane. It's not my genre. So I, I think it's really cool that you did a variety like that. I expected a blues album when I saw the CD. Okay. Because of the tweed cover. Yeah. You know I mean, I, yeah. I don't know why I just went there. But the <laughs> first song kind of just kicks you in the ass right out of the, right out of the gate. And that uh, good quality. It was produced really well. It seemed like, and uh, sounded amazing, man. You sounded great. Thank you so much. Right on, man. Yeah. yeah. People got to get it now. Your website, your website is, uh, steepersellmusic.com. There you go. There you yep. go. That way people can go there. Now I see you got some toys laying in the back. Oh yeah. They, they catch my eye, you know, I, I <laughs> catch my eye. So right on. Back here, they got, what's that red? Is that a, is that a 335? I yeah. Can't... Let's check this out. This is a, uh, it's a vintage 335. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, vintage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice. They make great stuff. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It's a great guitar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've been playing this a lot lately. This is one that I've uh, I picked it up not too long ago. And it's, you know, I just, I kind of go around, you know, go round and round uh, yeah. the carousel. And this one, I've been, I've been really giving it a lot of love lately. Now, when, and, you get a, uh, when you get a guitar like that, do you modify anything to it? Or? Not usually. Yeah. Not most, most of the time, no. Um, and that's usually the reason why I buy it is because it's the way I, it's the way I wanted it, you know, to right. begin with. Right. And uh, so, yeah, most of the time, no. Um, yeah. I, uh, I usually don't. But, uh, you know, if I do... It's something kind of minor, you know, like just switching the pickups out or something like right. that. You know, I don't do go too crazy with, you know, modifying it, like, you know, painting it or repainting it right. or something like that. And, right. you know, I don't go too crazy with the mods and stuff if I do. But, um, well, you never uh, know. Everybody's different, you know, like, you know, some guys I know always replace frets. Yeah. No matter yeah. what part is, they replace the frets. One guy I know, if like in a guitar like that, where you got two volumes and two tones, 
Yeah. He'll dummy one of the volumes and he'll make the other volume the main volume for both. Okay, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Great actually. idea, actually, yeah. Because you know, you sometimes and you'll forget which pickup you're on and go yeah. to the opposite volume. That's true. Yeah, I have that's not a bad idea. Oh, it's actually really smart. And he yeah. does all even all his really old vintage stuff and that he does it with. But anyway, you know, everybody's got something cool. That's a really beautiful guitar. I bet that sounds Thank amazing. you. Thank you. What yeah, do you, what do you play it through? I mean, what's your um, I'll usually play it through um a Fender 65 reissue deluxe reverb. Oh, okay. That's usually my main amp. Yeah. Um in the studio and live. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much my main amp. Sometimes if I'm in a real small club, I'll take like a Princeton reverb. Yeah. Um, I've got one of those too. And, uh, but yeah, the, the, the deluxe reverb pretty much always works for me. Any, any situation really. Yeah. It's, it's a great versatile amp. And, really and when you're traveling and you got to get back line, you can usually get a good fender. Yep. It's not too hard to get exactly. Right, you can't get some of the other ones. You're not know, getting a high watt, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's probably so, going to be a little harder. So you mentioned earlier about going through, you know, an overdrive and a delay, and every now and then a chorus and stuff like that. So I take it that you use a board and you have a few pedals, or do you typically go just straight into the amp? Yeah, I usually use a pedal board. Yeah, and um, uh. I wish I had one here to show you. It's in the studio because it, that's where I've been recording. That's where you're recording, yeah. 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 Um, but I've got several um, several uh, overdrive pedals that I use yeah. and that I really like. And one of them is a Boss Blues Driver with a Keeley mod. Yeah. Keeley. And, man, I really like that. Yeah. Uh, it's got a Keeley mod. And – um, Another pedal I have is one of the old Ibanez TS-808s. Yeah. And I had a buddy of mine um, named Philip Poteet that modded that for me. And I think he's out of like uh, somewhere in like South Carolina or somewhere. And I hadn't spoke to him in years, but he modded this thing for me. And man, it sounds super awesome too. And uh but those are basically, you know, usually the only two really dirt pedals that I use. Those are my go-to dirt pedals. I would have right. to say. Right now, are you are you a are you kind of a gearhead? Or are you always looking at new pedals and new amps? Are you always you know ex experimenting with you know? I got like me one time. You know, I decided that I wanted to get uh, one of the D style pedals. Right. Yeah. Something that was close to a dumble tone. And, you know, that's a never ending pursuit within itself right there. Right. So, so instead of like just getting one pedal and trying it, you know, I went out and I bought like, I don't know, like 12 pedals, you know, <laughs> you know, and I spent, I don't know how much time I spent. Yeah. You know what I mean, going through all these pedals. Are you like that or I am? Okay. I must say I am. I've got a drawer full of pedals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I keep them. I usually don't sell them, you know, once I get them yeah. and, uh, I'll just, if I get tired of it or don't find a use for it anymore, I'll just stick it in the drawer. Cause I, you know, I always feel like, you know, there might be another time right. when I might use it, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm totally like that. I love new pedals and, I love to check out all the new gear and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess I am kind of a little bit of a gearhead. And, um, <laughs> but around the house, like, like just for messing around the house, this is what I'll use. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's it's not in my board. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I've got all kinds of stuff around. Okay. Right. You know, and I'll just kind of, hey, let's plug into this. Let's try this. You know, I'm just kind of playing around, you know. Well, I'll try this right here. See what this sounds like today, you know, and stuff. But, uh, right. but yeah, it's always something, you know. Uh, I, love to, I love to try different pedals, man, as much as possible. Yeah. So, um, but you, you, you kind of set your own sound, and you pretty much stay with that sound 
until you get yeah. bored with it, of course, right? And then you then you manipulate. So, because one of the things that I noticed is that uh, it didn't sound like there was a whole lot of change in amps on your album. Is, yeah. is that quite correct? Wow, you've got a great ear because well, yes. We pretty much used the same amp yeah, for right most right. of the album. Yeah. Um, right at the end of the record, um, a buddy of mine who builds amps out in South Dakota, his name is um, Brian, and uh, we call him the professor. Uh, he has uh, lawless amps, and he sent me one of his lawless heads. And um, I, got, I got to use that on a couple of tracks yeah. Uh, right at the end on this record, but for most part, yeah. it's a Fender Deluxe Reverb yeah. amp on probably ninety percent, ninety-five percent of this record. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, man, your ear got that good, man. It's, All right. Hey. Yep. <laughs> That's my 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 good thing for the day. That's oh, cool. Man. That's cool. You know, I I I don't ever I I have a hard time with tone in that. Not that I can't dial in a good sound. Yeah. It is that I get, I get bored with it real quick. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well this one, I, I'm going to try this, you know, or try a combination of this and that and go with that for a week. And then you know, I'll try this over here. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like, I, I, uh, I, you know, I really respect the guys that can find something and stick with it, you know? Right. Some guys, man, just plug straight in. You know, Joel Joel Hookster from Whitesnake plugs straight into a Friedman, and that's it. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. It's wow. Crazy. I would think you'd have, you know, a Saturani size pedal board and all kinds of stuff. Even yeah, though refrigerator rack full of effects and yeah, no. even tied this and you know, and that, and a power conditioner for that, and this, and oh no, I think I think wow. he, I think you might have uh, a delay unit in a rack, and uh, it's got something else in there, and and but it's not in effects because he doesn't use. Wow. It. Yeah, it's crazy. That's it amazing. Amazing, but yeah, uh, but those Friedmans, man, they're so high gain. Yeah, I mean, for what he's doing, you just crank that sucker up and add some delay on it, and it's oh man, you're probably there. Oh yeah, I would say <laughs> so. Yeah, man, it's really cool. So, what's that thing laying in that case back there? Is that a Les Paul? Okay, yeah, that's my Les Paul. Let me show you that. Oh yeah, that's really nice. It's now, 2003. Yeah, and uh, picked it up a few years ago. Uh, from a guy in Canada. Really? Yeah. And uh, this, long story short, this is my dream Les Paul. Really? And uh, I totally took a chance on it just by seeing the picture of it. And I fell in love with it. And I went home that night. I, I, I literally dreamed about this guitar. I couldn't get it out of my head all night long. I kept thinking about it laying in bed. Yeah. So I just got up the next day and bought it. <laughs> and it came in and I, I was, you know, I was like, man, I hope this is everything I hoped it would be, you know? Right. And I got to say, I lucked out. It's everything I hoped it would be and more, man. It is, it is an awesome Les Paul. Yeah. It is smoking. It plays like a dream. It sounds just like a Les Paul should. Yeah. And, uh, and I, of course I love the looks of it. Right. And, uh, is that, I you can't know, really, can't really tell by the video. Is that the ice tea? Is that what that that burst is? Is that like the ice tea burst, or is that? You know, a, I'm not sure. I don't know what they call this one, but I'm not. Yeah. It does kind of look like the ice tea, doesn't it? Does it got original pickups in it? Have the pickups been switched out in it? No, nope, it's original. Yeah. It's all original. He said the the guy I bought it from. He said the only thing he did to this guitar was he put the aged pickup covers on it. Oh, okay. So it makes it look a little older, I guess, than what it is. Right, right. But but that's it. He said it's still the same pickups, original, pretty much everything. Yeah, it's really nice. Thank you. Really nice, yeah. Those are great guitars, man. 
oh man, yeah, you know, I had to have I had to have a sweet Les Paul. I finally got one. <laughs> and, uh, you, weren't you normally a strap player? I mean, most of or a telly player because it seemed like most of what I saw you was with a strat or with a telly. Yep. Yeah. Um, strats and tellies, uh, mainly a telly. To be honest with you, I'm a telly guy. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's the best all around guitar. Man. You can't go wrong with a telly. I don't care who you are, what style you're playing. Yeah. Tellies are the guitar, man. It's, you yeah. know, in my opinion. And uh, I love my tellies. Um, that's the only guitar that I have two of. I've got two tellies, and I would like to have some more. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't have enough of those. No way, man. I love my tellies. Yeah. And um, I don't have them here right now. Today, they're in the studio. Right. And I've been using them over there. Of course, I've been using some of these too, but I've been hauling some of these back and forth, you know. But um, here's another one. Here's my Strat. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a 62 reissue um, that I picked up in 1994. And uh, really nice. It's, it's pretty much all original, pretty much all stock. I really haven't done anything to it. I, well, I changed this little knob out, put a chrome knob, but, yeah. uh, but other than that, it's, it's pretty much all stock. It's kind of beat up there and yeah. And such, but I've used this, I've used this guitar a ton. Um, this was my, probably, uh, this was probably my main guitar when I was playing with Ron Keel yeah. and the guys, because, uh, um, and I would use a telly too, and uh, I would use some of my other guitars as well. But um, I felt like for the kind of the the southern rock stuff that we were doing, I thought this fit maybe just a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, because the other guy, uh, Dave DC, uh, the other guitar player uh, in the band, he was playing. Uh, he always had the humbucking pickups. Right. So I wanted that. I wanted to go the other way. Right. So I chose this as being kind of the mainstay. And this is pretty much what I played uh, with the Ron Keel band uh, when we were up there. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, I beat the far out of this guitar. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, so, man. So are, are, do you use the tremolo on your guitars at all? Yes. You do. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. I do. And, um, uh, the guy who sets up my guitars and, uh, is awesome Luther and player as well is Eugene Moles yeah. here in Nashville. And, uh, uh, I don't know if you ever, ever heard of him or not, but he, like I say, he's, he's monster guitar player in his own right. Um, as far as I know, he's the only guitar player that played with Merle Haggard and Buck Owens. And he's been in both of their bands. Be I don't, I can't think of another guitar player that's, that's had that gig. <laughs> that's had but, that. uh, You know? Yeah. That's the thing, man, where you are though in Nashville, my agents in Nashville. Okay. And uh, it's like, I have an ongoing uh, circle conversation with my wife about, <laughs> you know, Nashville. Yeah. Because everybody's there, man. I, I oh, couldn't man. imagine, you know, yeah. Nine, 90% of the interviews I do are in Nashville. <laughs> How about that, man? Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you'd be surprised at the people that live here. I know, uh, like, Brian Forsythe from Kicks. Yeah. Um, guitar player for Kicks. He just moved here, like, yeah. maybe a couple of years ago. Um, I know Steve Winwood lives here, of yeah. all people, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Tommy Emmanuel may live here. He does. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just what an eclectic. Larry Carlton lives there. Robin okay. the house there. Wow. Yeah, it's like yeah, everybody's in, everybody's there. Oh, yeah. That is crazy, man. A, a good friend of mine, uh, Tim Quick, who plays with right now, he plays with the Bacon Brothers, but he's played okay. with uh, played with John Legend, and he played with Alice okay. Cooper. And, Played on Broadway, you know, in uh, Rock of Ages and stuff. He just moved to Nashville from wow. New York, you know. And that's that, wild. Yeah, yeah, that's really that's great. That, you know. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, here I'm sitting in a basement somewhere. <laughs> Man, hey, looking at your background, I, I got to say, I really love the way you got your place set up, and I love your tallies. Oh man, I've I've got fourteen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I think I got 70, 72 or seventy three in total. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Whoa! I love, I love it. I would love to see your collection. I love tellies. You know, I used to, uh, I used to be just a Strat guy. Yeah. You know, that was it. You know, it was a Strat, and uh, you know, I was, I always loved the Strat. And I never had anything else but strats. I would always have, you know, four or five strats, and that was all I ever really needed. And then I, you know, I, I got deeper into it, and I wanted to to experiment, and I just started buying other. I just started buying guitars. You know what I mean? Some of them were like some of my best guitars are 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 really cheap, really cheap cheap stuff that you know uh, you would never expect. You yeah, know, really nice. But but when I bought my first telly, you know, and I I, I bought you know <laughs> I bought a nice one, and I was thinking this is this is the perfect guitar. Yeah, it, it is. I can get what I need. Strat sound, you know. I can. Yeah, it, it was it was perfect in that. And I have Les Pauls and and stuff. The only one that shook me is uh, I've wanted an Ibanez, one of the Japanese prestiges. Okay. Yeah. Wanted one, but, uh, you know, I've never been, I never played in Ibanez, so I was never sure. And so I took the risk like you did with the guy in Canada. I took yeah. the risk and, and I bought one and, uh, you know, wasn't cheap by any means. Oh yeah. And when I got it and I played it, the strats have been sitting on the, <laughs> the face ever since because, it's the best playing guitar that I've ever owned. And I've owned a lot and it, yeah. it's just right out of the, right out of the case, out of the box. It was wow. beautiful, you know? And so uh, awesome. the craftsmanship of the, the neck is amazing. You know, uh, it's a beautiful guitar, but anyway, it was my first Ibanez. And so I've got a 67 ES 335 and, okay. And I don't play it that I don't play it that often, but I thought about getting another one. Yeah. And so because of my experience with Ibanez, I said, well, let's look at uh, you know, one of theirs. And I, I looked at an art course called Art Core Expressionist. Okay. And uh, it, it's it's kind of, you know, wasn't an expensive guitar at all, but it had the electronics that their higher end models had in it. So like the pickups that, you know, Alan Holdsworth and George Benson and those guys are using in theirs nice. were, were the same pickups, same like, and that's the sound I wanted, you know, was, was yeah. that, I wanted, and it was like, I don't know, $700 with a case. Right. And man, it, it plays so nice. It's, wow. You know, so, so I'm kind of, I've stepped back. I'm really kind of taken away by, by Ibanez and I've got a shitload of guitars, you know, from all different people and that, but uh, it was my first time around. So, yeah. And I thought, you know, do a blues or blues rock or jazz or something like that, you know, having an Ibanez prestige, yeah, it really isn't the thing, you know, you right. know, Martin Miller or Andy Timmons or, you know, some cat like that, you know, well then that's cool, but yeah, but I'm really impressed with them. I really am. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never got to play one, but I've seen a bunch of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, that's like Paul Reed Smith. Do you own a Paul? I do. You can see, I've never played one. Okay. I've never played one in my entire life. And people kick me all the time. Well, you got to play it. Once you play it, you'll never play nothing else. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you know, I mean, they play great. It's it's awesome. I mean, they're great guitars. Yeah. And uh, But I'll be honest with you, my thing is – um as far as the PRS goes is, and I know they make certain, they make some models that have, uh, I guess more like a single coil pickup now in them, but yeah. um, I haven't really tried those out, but for the most part, they're kind of more, you know, the humbucking guitar. I know you, you know, they got the switches and stuff on them, yeah. but, yeah. Um, uh, but you know, for the most part, it's kind of a humbucking instrument. And uh, um, 
I've got mine around here somewhere. I can't remember where it is, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, my PRS is uh, is a uh, is a 1994 uh, custom 22, yeah, and it's got the vibrato on it, and it's got the Dragon pickups in it, and uh, I tell you, man, those pickups are just they're almost too much. Really, you know, seriously, and uh, um, but I mean, it's a great guitar and it plays great and it sounds great, but you know, like I say, I like to play the other things too, you know, so right, you know, I'll, I'll definitely pick up my strat any day, you know. <laughs> so, what are you doing now? I mean, what do you, you, I know you're in the studio, so is the, is the goal to release it this year in 2021? Yep. Yeah, I know. I was I was hoping to maybe have it kind of wrapped up by now, but um, you know, with the holidays and stuff, kind of slowed things down a bit. And um, so, yes, I'm hoping in early 2021 I'll have this thing wrapped up, get it released. Yeah, and I'm hoping, you know, with all this pandemic stuff, if it kind of starts going away and people start booking again, I'm hoping to book some shows. Yeah. So, you know, I can kind of promote some of this stuff. Turn that hat around, put on your booking agent hat. Uh. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Turn it sideways. Now you're a publicist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah get on my phone. That's okay. It. That's it. <laughs> so, do you do you have an agent or anything like that? Or are you pretty much doing? You're doing it all yourself. It's pretty much just me. Yeah. Um, I've got a PR guy that I work with. Right. Um, from time to time. And his name is Scott Thomas. And uh, he has a thing called, uh, he has a, a marketing company called Guitars Forever. Yeah. And uh, he's worked with a lot of big cats. He's worked with George Lynch and Paul Gilbert. And, yeah. you know, he pretty much works with all guitar players. Yeah. So um, uh, he helped me promote this, uh, you know, my last album, Amplitudes. And yeah. stuff. He helped me kind of, you know, push it out there, get it out to the people, and try to get it to some of the right ears and uh, and into some magazines and stuff. You know, um, we got a uh, got some coverage in Vintage Guitar Magazine and and stuff. That was pretty cool. That's cool. And yeah, and um, but um, but yeah, it's mostly me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll change though. You know, once. Once people hear it, you know, and they hear your new stuff, that'll all change. I hope so, man. Yeah. Change. Yeah, I know how hard it is. You know how hard it is. I don't know. I'm that kind of guy, though, that even when I have those other things, when I have an agent and a manager and a label and all that, I still want to do it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if I don't trust people or if I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, are they looking out for my best interest the way that I would? I, I don't know. It's, it's, right. Yeah. Back of my mind. Oh, yeah. 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 I think the same stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, the new album's great, man. You know, Amplitude is, a, is a good album, man. You're a good player. Thank and, you so much. Uh, you know, I appreciate the support that you've given, you know, me and Guitar Talk online and that that that's really appreciated. And, oh, man, uh, you're very welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. We just wish you the, the best. You know, and uh, can't wait to hear the new album, you know. Absolutely, man. If I get down to Nashville, you know, I'll uh, I'll look you up. and we'll Please give me a call. Dig out, we'll dig out that Paul Reed Smith in that stack of cases back there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Right on, man. All right, man. It was, a, it was a pleasure talking with you, Steve. Man, it was a pleasure talking to you, Jimmy, and thank you so yeah. much, man. Yeah. You have a good day. You have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, bud. Okay. You too. Bye. All right. All right, everybody. There you go. Steve Purcell. His new album is Amplitudes. You can go to stevepurcellmusic.com. You can uh, also get the album, you know, anywhere where digital music is available. But you can go to his website. You can find out what he's doing. You can, he's got other merchandise in that and i'm sure his new album will be just as good as the one that he uh, has out right now because it really is good i do suggest that you get it i'll tell you what here's what i'll do right do you want a copy of steve purcell's new album i mean do you want to check it out 
uh, well, then do this. Go to info at guitar, uh, info at warmblues.com. Okay. And just tell me, you know, you know, that you want the album. And uh, what we'll do is we'll put your name in a hat and we'll draw a couple of people and we'll give away a couple of copies of Steve's new album. That's a cool idea. All right. So that's all you got to do is just hit me up at info at warrenblues.com. Say, I want Steve's album and we'll put your name in the hat. We'll draw it in here in the next couple of days. We'll uh, pick names and we'll give away the album. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do. No, I hope you stay, uh, you know, come right back in the second hour of uh, the next episode is Michael Tash. You're going to love it. He's in a band called Band Influence on the East Coast. They are really good. Michael's good. Very, very good. You're going to enjoy that as well. So uh, also Wednesday 17th, don't forget Kurt Fletcher. Yeah, I said Kurt Fletcher. Kurt Fletcher is going to be here next Wednesday. So it's all blues, man, next week. So it's going to be really, really cool. Until then, do me a favor. Follow me on Facebook at Jimmy Warren Radio. Also on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you got any questions about the show, you want to leave any comments or anything like that, you can always in, uh, email me at info at warmblues.com. And then also go to guitartalkofficial.com. Subscribe to be a member of our site so that we can send you information on when we do really cool things, which happens every now and then. <laughs> There we go. Okay, so until uh, Wednesday, the 17th, with Kurt Fletcher, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Guitar Talk with me, Jimmy Warren. Y'all stay safe. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>